Incredible edibles start with Loran. Professional bakery emulsions, super strength flavors, and candy mixes from Loran make it easier than ever to create your own delicious edible experience. Bite Me listeners in the contiguous 48 receive 15% off their order at loranoils.com. Just enter Bite Me 15 at checkout. For listeners outside the 48, email customercare at loranoils.com for a list of distributors and retailers near you and tell them Marge sent you. Welcome to the Faces of Cannabis interview series, where we take a break from talking about edibles and focus on the people behind the plant. Whether it's fellow podcasters, bud tenders, gongiers, advocates, cultivators, cannabis lovers all have their stories to share, and I want to share them with you. In this conversation, I sit down with Ben Kaplan, creator of Kind Magazine, which is distributed in legal dispensaries across Canada. Ben was a lot of fun to talk to, and I feel like it really shines through in this interview. So without further fanfare from me, please enjoy my conversation with Ben. Hello, everyone. I am really excited to be joined today by Ben Kaplan. And I was just hoping you'd start us out by taking a second to introduce yourself and tell us what it is that you do, Ben. Well, my name is Ben Kaplan, and I am the editor-in-chief of Kind Magazine. Kind is distributed at the licensed legal cannabis dispensaries across Canada. And I'm also, I have a book coming out on legalization, and I write about pot for the Globe and Mail and basically anybody that will publish my stuff. Well, that's fantastic. I didn't know that you had a book coming out or that you're a columnist for some of the major national newspapers. So that's pretty cool too. Columnist is a bridge too far, but it's, it's, okay. <laughs> I do get my stuff published in there. Right, right. Well, I will be sure to ask you a couple of questions about your book if we have time at the end of this conversation. But what is it that prompted you or inspired you to start a magazine called Kind to be distributed at the legal dispensaries? Well, uh, I do, a, I'm a runner also, and I do a running magazine. And the running magazine is a free magazine that's distributed like the running room and at running shops. And the idea okay. is free magazine and like Nike and Adidas buy advertising in the magazine and you could pick up the magazine at a running store. And the idea being that if you're in a running shop, you're flipping through a magazine, here's, you, you might be apt to buy sneakers because you're in a running store anyway. So I, the chocolate and the peanut butter. So then the idea was, and it was better because the, the pot companies can't advertise anywhere. So except it's age gated in the stores. So it's, it's, it's even a better value prop than with the running magazine, with the pot magazine. And I was already hot on the cannabis beat by the time the dispensaries opened because I was already writing about it for whatever, for, you know, again, anyone that would take my stuff. I was really into it. Okay. So that's pretty interesting. So you are writing about the legal perspective for cannabis, and then it gives an opportunity for the legal licensed producers to advertise because as we all know, advertising is a very dicey game in Canada with legalization. Yeah, hundred percent. And I was like, yeah. And it's like, and then the actual stories in the magazine are like, you know, it's, it's like a, it's an entertaining magazine, like an Esquire or Vanity Fair or something like that, where not every article is about like, you know, it's still, it's a culture magazine, like arts and culture and whatever, but also with like some stuff skewed towards weed smokers. 
Right, of course. And I have picked up many copies of Kind Magazine, and I do love it because part of the whole premise, of course, is being kind to other people and bringing that kind of philosophy out into the world. And I really, really love that kind of that aspect that you're bringing to the cannabis space for sure. So kudos to you for that. It can't be an easy undertaking. How long have you been on this journey to bring Kind to the masses? I mean, let's see, me and my friend, of course, like all praises to this guy josh nagel who is like we do it together it's by no means is it my thing it's ours and actually a lot of other people because we've since moved into events also so there's you know there's a whole village behind us but it probably took Mm -hmm. us like i don't know did it take six months or nine months from inception to in the stores and like it's funny because when we first started we didn't even know if it was like legal to do so josh actually went through like the agco and to see what the legality of it and like nobody actually knew and then like eventually somebody was like yeah sure you can do it like it was you know it was neat it was great right feels like you know groundbreaking frontline like because legalization is so relatively recent that like we've been it's been a cool thing to be part of like this new horizon so i feel like there's still for all of us like for what you're doing and for what you know is that we are changing it as we go, you know, and, and being part of like this new thing. So it's, it's been an awesome ride, like really super cool. I'm really super pleased and proud and, you know, like just the timing met the opportunity. And I've been a pot smoker since like, you know, 16 or whatever. I mean, I'm 48 mm-hmm. and I, Cypress Hill record dropped. I was like <laughs> a junior in high school, you know, and it was like, this was like connected to me kind of, real level like i wouldn't need spiritual or something but like you know so that's like when i started poking around with pot at like a lift convention in 2016 i was like oh my god this is this is happening i was like all in and just so dovetailed between the national post everybody wanted that con you know it got bigger and bigger and bigger as a as a thing in canada popular culture and business a business beat and I was just like, well, this is all mine. I'm, I'm going to run with this. I'm, I felt comfortable, real comfortable with it. Right. Well, I think you do a fantastic job with it. And like you said, it is sort of like a culture magazine. So you do have the LPs advertising it for sure, which does bring like product awareness to consumers who might be interested in what they're offering and don't always have time to step into a dispensary. But you do a lot of great articles. Some of the ones that I really love, of course, being an edibles enthusiast myself are a lot of the cooking articles, of course, where you bring in some amazing chefs to share their infused creations. And I mean, that's just the tip of the iceberg of what you're doing with this. But it sounds like you started this and nobody else had done it before. So there must have been quite a few challenges that you had to overcome to bring this, like you said, from inception into dispensaries across the country. So what kind of challenges did you have to overcome to do that? I mean, the, 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 the first obviously was the legality of the whole thing, you know, and then the second, obviously, is finding the people at the LPs and convincing them that this was a sustainable business and a model that, like, you know, as we were doing it for the first time, there wasn't necessarily, like, a relatable version of this. So if you're – I remember, like, the opening gatefold was Aurora, and it's like, you know, so we were asking the LPs to sort of take uh, a chance with us, you know. So it was like, you know, if we build that – if we build it, will they come? You know, because it was like, mm-hmm. and, and convincing them that it was legal when there wasn't like an example to show that it indeed was, you know, it hadn't been, it hadn't right. been done yet. So we hadn't, we couldn't, we didn't have a track record, but, 
but we knew them. We knew them. And Josh knew the companies and I knew the companies because both of us were in the space. So both of us were sort of proven entities in the space. So like, you know, and, and it was like sort of still the Halicon days of these companies being really big and having money. So we weren't asking for a fortune so like we could make it work. Right. So you were able to convince them that you're a known entity and worth taking the risk for. And it sounds like it's, I mean, it's obviously paid off. So congratulations yeah. to you for that. I mean, um, what would be- magazine. I mean I'm a, I'm, it's, it's 2022. I mean, I don't know another print magazine that launched in Canada. I mean, I'm a print magazine enthusiast. I'm, I'm, I, I worked at, I'm from New York. I've been, I mean, I've been doing magazines since like 98. And I'm a, I'm a journalist, you know, a print journalist. I'm from the age, I'm old, man. So it's like, I'm not on TikTok. You know what I mean? Like, I right. want to make the thing. I get the globe every day, the paper. Like, I'm old dinosaur, you know? But, like, but I love doing that. Like, there's an art to it. Like, to me, for me, it's like, it's like a massive labor of love. Like, that medium. Absolutely. Yeah. And I, I mean, I tend to agree with you. Maybe that's my own age as well, is that I prefer, much prefer the print magazine over the digital copy or the hard, hard copy book versus the Kindle edition or whatever, very much the same way. That tactile feel, it's hard to, you can't really get that when you do the digital stuff. So I want to leave the digital alone. Like when I'm chilling, like uh, the digital to, to me, digital is work. Did, that's the kind yes. of thing. And pleasure is the thing, is pleasure. Right. You know, and digital. Yes. Right. Because we're so, we're so on our phones all the time as it is, or on our computers or whatever the case might be. And sometimes it's nice to just like put right. it away and not be culled by the siren call, the latest notification or whatever. And then Kind yeah. Magazine, you can pick it up and not be distracted Amen. by all the other bullshit out there. <laughs> Amen, dude. Amen. Yeah. 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 So is there any common misconceptions that you have to deal with, with the work that you're, that you're involved in? I would like to see it's a, it, it bothers me. I would think by now that we would have crossed over, like skip the dishes has uh, Snoop Dogg in a teasy kind of ad where it, it makes an insinuation towards Snoop smoking pot. And then it just turns out he's eating ramen noodles or something. I would have liked to have seen us by now three years in, to have skip the dishes advertised, to have other mainstream companies come into the magazine. It's, it's, it's not, I'm always saying like, and there's no disrespect to high times whatsoever. Like high times is dope, but I'm just Mm -hmm. like to get the mainstream pot is still taboo in the universe more than like, I get tripped up that like, like, why is that? Like, it still kills me that like, that like the pot drinks, for instance, like, the pot, mm-hmm. I feel like, should be so much more popular than they are right now. That you, or even CBD, like, did you have to buy CBD in Canada at the dispensaries? And in America, where pot is still federally illegal, you can get CBD at Whole Foods in New York or Austin, Texas. And right. here, you have to go to Tokyo Smoke or whatever. And it's like some of the stuff, like that's what always drives me crazy. Is some of the stuff is like still so backwards, and I haven't yet had. Amazon or skip the dishes or some of these mainstream companies like work with me. And like, it's like, dude, it's, it's pot. Isn't like 
ah, Cheech and Chong, Cheech and Chong. And I like Cheech and right. Chong. I don't have no right. I like that stuff, but I understand if you're BMW, BMW is a bad example because maybe a car is not going to be in the LCBO magazine. But you right. know what I'm saying? I just, I, there's still a stigma that feels so dated, yes. man. And it's just like, I don't know why. And, you know, Willie Nelson is in the Skechers Act. Like, it's like this stuff is like, these guys cross over. It's, but it's like, even like a Canadian company, like people should be more with us, especially because we, we spend so much money to make it a high quality thing that if you look at it, like, I'm always like, just look at it. Like, because when we've had uh, Chris Hadfield is in the magazine, like I get people, like I intentionally get people, William Shatner's in the new one. I intentionally, David Suzuki, I intentionally saw, I'm like, look, it is mainstream. It's mainstream. And it's not that I need to like justify my existence, but it's like, I'm trying to like, you know, for the culture to make it less stigma-y, you know, like, and it's right. It's, Shouldn't be a stupid, and there's the, the drinks are a perfect example because like I get it like to, to smoke a blunt to, to put something in your mouth and light it is gonna be there's a there's a gap in that people don't like to smoke that's why your thing with the edibles like an edible mm-hmm. you know if you a little edible it, you know it's like because the smoking there's still there, you I it, it I wouldn't justify to somebody to like smoke a pre roll even though I don't have a problem with it but. Uh, you know, and I'm a marathon runner and I can smoke a free roll right now, but, yeah. <laughs> but I, I, just with my friends that don't smoke weed, but they will take an edible and they will take a weed, right. drink, you know? Right. Forget yeah. That makes it. a lot of sense. And I feel like a lot of the times the, the weed drinks and the CBD and the edibles are all very safe entry points into yeah. the cannabis yeah. space. And you see that a lot happening dispensaries, but like you're saying, it's not really translating on that level when you're trying to get Amazon, like you said, advertising in your magazine. And without that, do we ever break the stigma? Because like you mentioned, you mentioned Snoop Dogg. Yeah. And I've seen ads with him and Martha Stewart advertising lighters. Lighters, exactly. And it was, a yes, that Bic Bic lighter ad. It was very clever. But why isn't Bic in the magazine or why isn't? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's, 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 I was going to say it's obnoxious, but I guess obnoxious isn't the right word, but it is. And, but it's like, it's like, and, but it, it, I could even take it further and take it off kind and take it off me. But I, I have mm-hmm. I've got a membership at this. This is going to sound bougie, but this, the thing it's called, anyway, the, the Toronto yacht club. And you go over there, you take the ferry okay. in Toronto and it's just this place. And it, it's, it's basically a pool, whatever. It's just a country club or whatever. And there's a bar for the grownups and the kids run around and there's a bar and the parents are in seventh heaven, right? They got the kids are occupied. And they're drinking margaritas, <laughs> whatever. And there, it, it just seems like it's an oasis because you take a little boat to get there, and whatever. But it's like, God, man, if the pot drinks were over there, and, and the companies like could be doing so much better if like they were the pot drinks. I used to be close with like Bruce Linton, at, you know, because when I was writing the, the books and all that, and I was doing it. But and he had this thing that like these pot drinks are going to be the white claw. Like the pot drinks should be the white claw, you know. But they never became that because. But it's like they they. Mm-hmm. It's like a no calorie, no sugar, grapefruit juice with 2.5 milligrams, a sparkling grapefruit juice on a summer day with 2.5 milligrams. People would lap that up, but it's just like the, 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 it, they can't get it. They've never tried it. As somebody had a thing when I right. did Hexo or whatever, the company or trust. And it was like, you know, eight out of 10 people who drink one of those will drink it again. You know, yes. but nobody's yeah. getting, you're not, you're not even, they're not getting it. 
because they're not, you can't get it at the LCBO. You have to go to Tokyo Smoke and they're not going to Tokyo Smoke, the soccer moms. Right. So do you think it's really just a matter of accessibility a lot of times in these cases and perhaps also the stigma? I do. I do indeed. I do indeed think it's that. And I right. think I think the accessibility is so backwards. Like I think the pot drink should be at no frills. Like I don't right. understand whether it's legal. I don't understand why. Yeah. And I would almost make the case that like, I, I, I and the, again, I'll say the, uh, with the edibles, because I say, okay, the cigarettes, if you smoke it, it changes it. And it, I'm not saying it because it's weed, but I'm just saying just the actual notion of like inhaling smoke through your lungs, lighting it. So maybe vapes is its own category. But it seems to me that like, yeah, the pot drink should be at no frills. Like I will ride or die on that because it's like, or, and, and okay, Jack Daniels, you have to go to a straight up liquor store, but you could get beer and wine at a grocery. And I honestly, right. I think they should be, it's legal. Why not? And it's not, as, I don't, I, yeah, I do. I don't, and I think it will be eventually. I don't know what the, what they're waiting on with that, but I don't understand why. I, I can't say I understand it either. Cause it makes sense. Like you're saying, I can, the Walmart down the street from my house, I can pick up ciders and beers or the Sobeys sells wine but I have to go to a specialty store just to pick up a weed drink. And I do love the weed drinks. They're fantastic. They hit you faster. It doesn't last quite as long. And the dosing is great so that you can sort of have a couple if you want, depending on what you're doing socially. Like, And that means I also wake up without a hangover. And so many people are talking about that right now. But what a great alternative is to alcohol. And yet it can be so difficult to get them. So I don't know if it's just the reduction of stigma and these big companies still identifying stoners as, you know, that classic long haired, lazy skateboarder, yeah. you know, stereotype from whenever. But or, yeah. or if you want to play or and I don't know that I don't know this for a fact, but there's also so much racism against pot and calling it marijuana just to go against the Mexicans. Right. And like that pot. So maybe it's the long hair white skateboarder or maybe it's even like racist against like blacks and indigenous or mexicans or whatever i mean there's like this ingrained racist i mean if we want to really go down the dark route like i don't know that there's somebody sitting there with some white dude in the parliament (laughs) you know who's like you know and like has a racist thing like probably not but like it's baked into all of this is the whole drug act of 23 1907 and all of this stuff like my book gets into all of that it's like racism mm-hmm. maybe there's like a lingering after effect of that as well you know there very well could be and i mean pointing out again that the grocery stores sell alcohol that's actually pretty in ontario at least a very recent thing totally. so i mean they were resistant about that even for a long time and we do have some kind of draconian drug or not drug laws but alcohol laws in a way too yeah. like sure, where you can actually go and buy it in a park yeah but you know what? Yeah. They just let uh, the way they have just let and prohibition ending of pot legalization is like relatively recent. That's why I think like event you will be able to get this stuff at the grocery store and it will chill out. And it's just like how uh, you know the company that owns Circle K also owns a lot of Fire and Flower, and the deal is that they're going to put the they're going to do Fire and Flowers like they do Circle K in America and to make it. Like, oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, and the or like and, and the model's not the Apple Store; it's the Dunkin' Donuts. So they're working on like right. we're still in nascent early days. So it's like I like yes. to know about this stuff because I do I do think eventually it's gonna come our way. Like I think because what we're saying right. is pretty obvious. And 
Look at this. When we started selling beer and wine at Walmart, what happened? Nothing. And when we legalized pot, what happened? Nothing. So it's Nothing. like yeah. weed drinks in no frills. What's going to happen? Nothing. Nothing. You know? It'll be fine. The sky's not going to fall. People will survive. And yeah. Um, yeah. I, know, I know we don't have a lot of time left, but I did want to touch on your book. Are you able to talk about that? Because yeah. I didn't know that you were writing a book. Are you still in process? I guess I'm still. What's the. I'm on like my fifth okay. draft. But uh, yeah, it's cool. It's like, it's, you know, it's all about like, uh, I, you know, I just did a big thing in the globe on this guy who was like a pot pioneer from, or he was a drug dealer. He just sold pot, but a lot of it. And uh, yeah. sort of traces like, you know, it just traces how we got legalization in the first place. And then it's like, what, what happened when the LP started and it gets into prairie plant systems and all of that prairie plant systems with the company in Flynn Flon, Manitoba that had the first medical marijuana license in 2001. So it's sort of, you know, and I talked to all the different people and like Bruce Linton's a main character and it talks about his firing at, at, at Canopy and all this stuff. It's so cool being a documentarian of this stuff because it hasn't really been done. And what I loved about pot all around is that these guys gave me a lot of access. Like it wasn't like, mm-hmm. so it was sweet. So I have all this stuff and it like, hasn't really like, again, the, the thing in the globe I just did on this guy from Rochdale, which was this experimental college in Toronto in, in the early seventies is just these stories haven't been told. So it's like, I'm telling them and I like telling them because they're sort of like outlaws. And even the, the CEOs of, of Aurora, like Terry Booth, like all these guys gave me all this access and it's like, their stories are cool. And like, so that, that's what the book's about. And it's got all that. It's, it's a sort of swashbuckling adventure business tale, sort of in the style of uh, uh, what's the dude? I forget. I'm forgetting his name. Michael Lewis. Michael Lewis, like right. or yeah. Moneyball, or one of those kind of books. So it's sort of in that tone. Okay, so you're still working on it then? Yeah. Or do you have like a publication date? Or <laughs> yeah. I do know from listening to a lot of podcasts with authors that the book writing process is probably the most, one of the most laborious things you can undertake. So yeah, it's a, it's a, I, I've been done for like, I mean, like here, are, is this just podcast or is there a video element too? It's mostly just podcast. Yeah. Well, yeah. For, for listeners at home, this is it right here. Yeah. <laughs> Five trillion. But uh, yeah, so I don't know. I mean, hopefully maybe, maybe 420, maybe it'll be out by April 20th. Okay. Oh, very cool. So we'll have to keep an eye open for that. So I just want to take a second to say thank you so much, Ben, for joining on me, joining me on here today. And I do recommend that everybody listening, take a minute to head into your favorite local dispensary and pick up an edition of Kind Magazine because you won't be disappointed. Any last thoughts that you want to share with the listeners of Bite Me, the show about edibles? Well, I guess we should just a shout out to edibles and a shout out to you. Thanks for calling me. Thanks for <laughs> job with this. And Yo, and edibles, I, I, during the, during the pandemic, I have two kids. And so during the pandemic, oh my God, I don't even want to, I don't even want to reach, think about it. <laughs> but I was taking edibles and, uh, and I was just loving and chilling way out. And, and I really love edibles. So I don't know, go take an edible, take an edible before you listen to this. I guess it's too late because it's coming at the end, but, uh. Good for yeah, you. well, my listeners are are pretty pretty uh, good at taking edibles when the, when the mood strikes, so you don't have to worry about that. But thanks again, Ben, and we'll uh, we'll be talking to you soon. Peace and love. Now, unfortunately, I wasn't able to get to all the questions that I wanted to cover because Ben was short on time that day, and of course, I have to be 
I have to be cognizant of people's time limitations when I do these conversations. Luckily, he agreed to reply to some of the questions I didn't get to in written form, and you'll find those over on bitemepodcast.com. Now, one question I did want to mention here while we're all live, do you have a quote that you live your life by or think of often? And Ben's response, what if this was fun? And I really love the spirit that that evokes when it comes to doing any task, because it can be a task that you're not looking forward to, a chore that you don't want to do, any of those things that sometimes you drag your feet on and framing it from the perspective of what if this was fun? How would you go about it? How would you move? What music would you listen to? Really helps to make an onerous chore a lot easier to get through. And I feel like that whole philosophy can apply to so many different situations. What if this was fun? Well, you know what? This podcast, doing this podcast is fun and it's meeting people like Ben who really make it all the more worthwhile. I highly encourage you to check out Kind Magazine the next time you're at your favorite local dispensary. And of course, if you don't live in Canada, you can still find Kind Magazine on. So I really hope you enjoyed that conversation, my friends. And until next week, stay high.